Shalom. Welcome to Sharing the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Driver. Today's topic on Sharing the Word is a topic that can pretty much be the main theme or uh, the bedrock of every teaching that we have here on this station. It is the subject and the topic of prayer. Now, I know we hear many sermons on it. Maybe we even say we think we know what the doctrine of prayer really means or how to, how to pray. But I have to be honest with you, my friends. Uh, many that I've talked to still tell me they struggle praying. And I find that very peculiar because Jesus made it very clear that in order to have communion with God, we must pray to God. We must seek his face. Uh, we must have faith in God. And Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible uh, to please God, that we must believe that he exists and rewards those who diligently seek him. So if I just take Hebrews eleven six and say, without faith, I can't please God, obviously, but I know that he exists. I know that he created heaven and earth. I know that he is God. But I must seek him diligently. That means without ceasing. That's called prayer. You know, the Bible talks in Genesis that Enoch walked with God and then Enoch was no more, meaning he was translated in, the, in our rapturo, uh, the word rapture. Uh, we find that communion with God is really talking, fellowshipping having a relationship with the Father. And then we go through the scriptures and we find that even God looked upon Moses as a friend because Moses, according to Numbers, was a, was a, a prophet. He was a man of God. And he re, God revealed himself to Moses, not in riddles, not in parables, but spoke directly to him because Moses was humble. Moses was obedient. And so having communion with God to me is everything because in the spirit of things, in the spirit of our walk with the Holy Ghost in us, the Holy Ghost intercedes with words too great for me to moan according to Hebrew uh, Romans chapter 8. But when we think about communion with God, fellowship with God, talking to God, I got to be honest, it is not hard to do. Um, I remember a story of a, a young boy who talked about his imaginary friend. He talked to his imaginary friend all the time. Now, his imaginary friend could be from an animated figure to just somebody conjured up in their head. But a child's imagination is very powerful. But this child can have this imaginary friend and never feel lonely. So when I looked at that and studied that, even through um, development theories that are out there, why children do that, I thought it was interesting how a child may feel alone, but not alone when they create this imaginary friend or talk to a, a doll or a stuffed animal or whatever they may have, even a pet rock. <laughs> uh, and so God is intimate. God is spirit. And so even as an adult the bible tells us that we must come to god like a child like a child if we don't come to god like a child innocent and uh, just trusting vulnerable um, how are we going to see god 
And I, I, my heart breaks sometimes when I really hear people who've been in so-called the faith for a long time. And as a pastor, as a minister, uh, they ask me to pray for them. And I say, not a problem, but I said, you know, you can go to God too. And their response to me at times has been, well, I don't know how to pray. Or, or, or I don't want to say something that'd be wrong. And I go, just talk to your heavenly father as he's your daddy. <laughs> but even those who've been Christians for 10, 20, 30, 40 years still struggle on how to approach God and talk to God. Now, maybe that's the church's fault for not teaching uh, a relational uh, approach to prayer. Uh, maybe it's religion. Maybe it's just format. Maybe it's doctrinal um, awkwardness, if you will, that some people don't know how to pray. But again, think of that little child who has an imaginary friend. And if that friend is somehow transferred into an inanimate object like a uh, stuffed animal, like I said, or pet rock, or whatever it may be. You can't take that away from that person. God is in everything that he creates, that he has created. And my relationship with God, from a prayer standpoint, is not so much formally getting on your knees. It's not... Uh, doing things that would be considered religion uh, or religiosity driven, if you will. Some people stand and have their hands lifted up. That's part of it. Yes, it is. It's not just getting on your knees. Yes, it is. It's not just laying flat on the ground, prostrate. It's, I get all that. That's parts of, uh, of praying. There is. But think about praying when you're driving. Think about praying when you're washing your laundry. Think about times when you're just taking a jog. God honors that. <laughs> you know, you're in the lion's den like Daniel. Uh, you know, you may drop to your knees or maybe you might be in a corner hovering and saying, Lord, protect me. Prayer is really, and I always make this very simple to most people who understand what I'm getting at, is, again, I'm going to keep going back to the, <laughs> you know, analogy of a child always talking to, uh, you know, a pet, you know, of some kind or an imaginary friend. You know, pretending they're, you know, I, I, I remember my, my kids, kids when they were growing up, you know, they talked to their little stuffed animals or pretend they were having some kind of game and, and pretend they're talking to somebody. That's what kids do. I think we all have can at least admit to that. But in a Christian walk, Jesus even made it very clear that your heavenly father who is in secret, your heavenly father who is spirit that's in heaven, hears your prayers. He sees you. You may not see him in the natural, but you can commune with him and feel his presence in the spirit. And I think if you're really filled with the Holy Ghost, if you, you are acknowledging by faith, like Abraham walked with God, Abraham believed in God, it was credited to him as righteous, and he felt God's presence, therefore he was able to communicate because of his faith in believing that he existed, that he was able to be the father of our faith. And I'm sure because his dad was a polytheist, meaning he had many belief systems and uh, had even man-made idols, uh, Abraham said, no, I believe there's a creator above in heaven. 
So really, how should we pray? And there's many discussions out there, and there's many books on how to do it. My favorite preacher on the subject is Charles, Dr. Charles Stanley, and there's many others. But from my own practicality of living as a Christian, I find that I cannot get through the day without starting my day with prayer, having some kind of prayer time formally midday as well as before I go to bed. But throughout the day, I'm talking to Daddy God in heaven. I, I got to admit, I say, Lord, if it's your will for me to do this or say this in this meeting or go here, uh, driving in the car, worshiping him, communion with God is acknowledging his very existence in your life. Let me say that again. Communion with God is acknowledging that he is omnipresent, omniscient. He's everywhere. He, he is God and he is right there. So you practice the presence of the Lord. You practice that he exists and he's in everything and everywhere. Once you acknowledge that and say, Lord, Heavenly Father, I know you're here. Hear my prayer in the name of Jesus. It is not difficult. I've seen people have conversations talking to themselves more than they talk to God. I was, <laughs> I, thought, I remember I was uh, on, a, on a trip to New York and, you know, you get on this little uh, train, if you will, to get to the concourse. Uh, and, you know, I see people just somehow talking to themselves, it seems like, or maybe they have an earbud and they're talking on a phone. But it just seemed funny and ironic that you would see people in a crowded, uh, you know, train, if you will, and they're carrying on a conversation. Hey, to me, hey, I'll carry conversation talking to the Lord, and I guess I'd be considered normal then. <laughs> they don't have to see my earbud. <laughs> but why not? If they were talking to somebody, great. I can't see the device. Sometimes they have their uh, earbuds hidden. I thought they were talking to themselves, but obviously they're talking to somebody <laughs> because I don't see something in their hand. So you got to say, okay, if that's normal practice, then don't be embarrassed to then talk to the Lord. You know, people are watching, listening to you. Okay, so what? <laughs> I think in this generation today, we have to say what is abnormal is considered normal. What's normal is abnormal because that's what it looks like. So let's talk about how the apostles even came to Jesus because as Jewish men, you know, the rabbinic teachings on how to pray uh, through the Torah was all clearly laid out. And they practiced the prayers based on how the Sanhedrin or the Pharisees, Sadducees, and all the religious leaders of the day were, were praying. Uh, sometimes it's empty words. And we can get into the topic on, on how not to pray, but we're going to talk about how to pray right now. But I think the apostles were seeing uh, the contrast between what they were witnessing with the religious leaders of the day. And every time Jesus... Uh, gathered his top three, James, Peter, and John, and said, come with me. And he prayed with them, sometimes even said, you stay here and pray while I go over here, especially in his last hours. He did that in the Garden of Gethsemane. So they witnessed somebody praying, Jesus, and found this prayers were powerful and unique, especially when he calmed the storm. So the apostles came to him in Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus even talked about how not to pray, but then this is how you pray. And he said, you've been taught, he said to the apostles, to be um, religious in your prayers. And he says, do not be like that. Don't, don't try to pray like this preacher. Don't try to pray like this person. Your relationship is where it is. And so he starts off in chapter 6 of Matthew, starting in verse 5, and let's read. He says, and when you pray, do not be like hypocrites. 
for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But, now here again, there is a contrast between what people do to what now you must do. This is the but is the conjunction to the sentence. He says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Now what Jesus is, is advocating right here is don't stand in front of a lot of people to say, watch my words, watch me speak in tongues, watch me do whatever it may be to get attention. He says, prayer can be private. There's private prayer, there's corporate prayer. There are two different forms there. Your personal walk, your personal prayer time with God, as Jesus did with his apostles. He said, I'm going to go over here near this tree and pray. You stand over here. There were times where he says, I'll meet you over across the lake while I'm staying over here praying. But he says, but when you pray, go into some private room and pray. It reminds me of that movie, The War Room. If you ever saw that, it was a very powerful room, a Christian film. And this woman has all the prayer requests on the walls in this closet. And she was taking authority over principalities and powers of the air. Your prayers can be very mighty and powerful when you believe that when you are following the prayer model of seeking the Lord by faith and taking authority over the principalities and powers of the air because the weapons of our warfare are mighty and we do not wage war against flesh and blood according to Ephesians chapter 6, but you can have power over the enemy if you just believe your prayers are being answered. So here's what it says in verse 6 again. It says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father in heaven, who is unseen, okay, will see what you're doing in secret and reward you. And reward you. See, when the Bible, (laughs) we talk about this, Jesus says this, it's in red, (laughs) emphasize that God's word is true. Let God's word be true and every man be a liar. And I'm here to tell you, when the Bible, Jesus tells you, this is how you should pray, then why ask many people how to pray? I do have my prayer room (laughs) in the house. My wife has a prayer closet. We go to the prayer room. We have a prayer room in the house and she has a prayer closet. Uh, She just decided to say, you know what? We have a prayer room in the house. That's fine. Most of the time I'm in that room. (laughs) She knows that. Um, But she she loves going into this huge walk-in closet we have in the bedroom. And when I see that door is closed, I know she's busy praying. There's a stool in there or a chair and she's kneeling right there praying. Powerful. But the rewards are there. The rewards are there. Verse 7 says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. You know, a child, you could say your children, my children, uh, you know, they'd be rambling, Daddy, can I have that? And I'm like, just get to the point. (laughs) How many times have you ever said that to your kid? Just get to the point. You know what they want. And they, they're scared, so they give you this ring-around-the-rosy kind of uh, approach to their discussion. And you just say, do you want to go out? Just ask. If you want a cookie, just ask. Don't give me, you know, I did this. And just get to the point. Very, very poignant right here. Do not have many words. There are times I go to prayer, and I just say, Father, Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, I just ask that you bring healing to my friend Joe in Jesus' name. That's it. I don't get into, you know, a pontificating, Lord, I Lord, I thank, and it's just ramble on. I can hear the Holy Spirit say, get to the point. 
Now, people say, that, that's it? This, this is the basis of how to pray? Yes. Jesus said, do not be like them. Your father knows what you're going to ask for before you even open your mouth. So to me, if he says don't have many words, why do we have prayer meetings that you have somebody praying for 10, 15 minutes? You're like, I get it. I get it. You, who, but who, <laughs> who are you impressing? God's sitting there going, can you get to the point? I'm, I'm not saying that's what God is doing, but think about what Jesus said. He says, do not be like the pagans. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. I always tell, the, I always tell my students, put it in a simple sentence. Be succinct. Sink, succinct in brevity. If you can say things in shorter words, then say it. You know, God, God will listen to you ramble. I get it. But remember, these prayers are supposed to be in private anyway. So when you're talking to God in private, have a prayer list. That's fine. And then just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray uh, you heal my mother. Done. You know, I don't need to keep revisiting, going around a mountain saying, if I believe by faith he's going to heal, and then say thank you in Jesus' name. Always pray with thanks. We'll get to that model in the next session. But let me just get through this piece here. When you're praying according to what Jesus said, he said, do not be like the pagans, for they think that there are many words God's going to hear them. And he says, he's not. Pray without ceasing means if you don't have much to say, just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I commit to the prayer and say, thank you. And you're done. Start off small, meaning there's prayer requests of intercession there's prayer requests you want something for yourself. There's just prayer to say thank you. Just to say thank you, Lord. And when you get to the habit of just saying thank you, Jesus, then you can say, wow, you're pleasing the Father. I love 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. It's really powerful. It says, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from sin. So, Walking in the light means Jesus is our light. We're walking with him through the Holy Spirit. And by walking with him, I'm having fellowship. I'm talking to him. I'm like, Lord, I'm really upset today. But I thank you, Lord God, through the Holy Spirit, that the comforter is here with me. And I'm not as depressed as I, as I once was. I'm done. Lord, you are my sunshine. You are my lamp unto my feet. You are my high tower. Lord, I just want to thank you for redemption. I want to thank you for salvation. I want to thank you for, uh, you know, for the food that I eat and the clothes that I wear in Jesus' name. Thank you. The Lord knows what you need before you ask. Just like you as a parent know what your kids want before they even ask you. But you want them to ask because that's opening in the door of communication and having a relationship. I want my children when they were growing up to say, Dad, can I stay up late and watch this TV show? Or Dad, can I have the following? I know you were going to ask for it because I, I saw the cake come out of the oven. <laughs> and I know you want a piece of cake. Just ask. And if you ate your food or you did your chores, I'll say, sure, have a piece of cake. 
See, your Father in heaven will do the same thing. As long as you're walking in faith and obedience to the Father, you're asking according to His will, He hears you, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Jesus gave the final model of how to pray. Now, I'm going to close this section with reading the Lord's Prayer. And, and let me just caution a little bit, okay? If I can just caution. There's nothing wrong with praying the model. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes when you pray the model, I always say um, ad lib or uh, improvise a little bit on it or let the Spirit of God in you uh, take it to another level. Uh, but if I start off, from, for example, for, from the beginning, uh, it starts off from verse 9. Uh, it says, Our Father, our Father, who is in heaven. Identify who God is. Many gods are out there. Say, Our Father in heaven. Not our Father that's, you know, down on the lake shore down the street here. You know, say, Our Father, who is in heaven. And He is holy. <laughs> Friends, he is holy. The angels of heaven sing night and day. Just look at Revelation. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God who was, who is, and is to come. He is holy. Nothing unclean, nothing sinful can ever come into his presence. So if we know that the heavenly father in heaven, who is spirit, is holy, recognize that it's like coming you ever you have your child come up to you and say dad you know you're my father and you're a great dad well he's giving you what you are in your title it's the same thing you're doing to heavenly father you're saying my father in heaven hallowed be your name yahweh god god Elyum, you know you're saying you are god jehovah god you are god your kingdom come your will be done Jesus prayed in the garden. Even if you look at the Lord's prayer in the garden as well, Jesus was just carrying so much turmoil in his heart and knowing what was about to happen because he sees it all. He knows it all. He's God in the flesh. He knows what's about to happen. Horrific death. And he's like, oh, I got to carry out this mission, but my human side doesn't want to do it. But a spirit man, because he's God, says, but let your will be done, Father. Not my will, your will. And he's even given that example. So he practiced the prayer here in Matthew 6. Before now, you know, he's doing this prayer, getting ready for the garden prayer when he's now arrested. And he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The relationship between the supernatural and the natural is, is happening right now as we speak. Meaning, Whatever governs our natural laws is governed by our supernatural laws because of the Spirit of God is in charge of everything. Satan may rule as the landlord here on the earth, but we have authority over him because Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Then he goes on in verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. Now, what is the daily bread? That means every day, Lord, because I can't, I can't predict tomorrow. I say, give me your word, Lord. Give me your will for today, Lord. Give me your strength for today, Lord. That's giving me the daily bread. As the Israelites had manna every morning, then I'm saying, Lord God, I can't, A, live without your word in my life. Give me your word every morning when I read your word. Give me your strength every morning, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And then it goes on and says in verse um, 12, forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. We'll get into so many pieces of this, but here's what's interesting. 
If you have any unforgiveness in your hearts, the Bible talks about this. Just go to Mark 11. You can look at it all throughout the Bible. If you don't forgive, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. So before I even get into some serious prayer time about maybe things for my life or for my family, I better have a clean heart because remember, an unclean, unrepentant heart cannot come into the presence of God. It says in verse 13, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So the whole construct of this prayer gives me uh, a three to four tier process on what to pray is I got to know who I'm talking to. I'm talking God, the Father in heaven. I'm recognizing he is holy. He's the creator of all. So maybe you can do your own, since most people like to somehow, I'm not saying plagiarize, but take an example of, of this prayer and craft it to be your own. Maybe you can say, Father God in heaven, you created everything. You are holy. Boop. That's the first sentence. Okay. And Lord God, I don't want my will to be done for today. I want your will to be done. There's my prayer. There's number two. And I say, Lord, I pray that today as I read your word, that I learn from your word. So I need your word today to help govern my steps so that I can know how to please you. See, that's another step. But Lord, I ask that you forgive me for the sins I've committed in thought and words and actions as I forgive those who have hurt me, wronged me in the past or who just did it recently today. And I ask Lord God, that you protect me from the fiery darts of the devil because I know greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. See what I did? I just, uh, <laughs> right off the guff, just gave a prayer. Once you know how to talk to God because this model should help you and just know that many words don't please him, I always tell people, get to the point. I do. We're having meetings. I say, get to the point. That's what God requires too. And once you get to that point of praying and saying, Lord, Father God in heaven, I love you. You created the heavens and earth. And I, as your son, your daughter, I gave my life to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I ask that you fill me, Lord, each day with the Holy Spirit so I can walk blameless before you. And I ask that your will be done in my life, not my will, but your will. You can make your prayer as simple because he knows your heart anyway. There's nothing you can hide from God without him knowing anything that you feel or think. He knows it all. So just be plain and simple with God. And you will love that fellowship and want more time with him. My prayer for you today is that as we get through the next episode on how to pray and the types of prayers, that you just practice sitting in your private uh, prayer room, if you will, and listen to the Spirit of God talk to you and maybe start off by just saying this. Just I always told my, I told my wife this. Come up with a list of 10 thank yous to God. Just come up with 10 thanks. I, I limit it to 10 on purpose. And I found that she can do 10, then she started just thinking of and she got to 20 and 30 and 40. Maybe God just wants you to come to him and say, Father God in heaven, I want to thank you for one, two, just list it. Okay, then maybe after that, you get to the point where you go to prayer and you say, Father, I want to pray for my mother, father, husband, wife, children. Now you're, that's called an intercessor. 
But then there are times you're going to want to pray for yourself. And the number one prayer that I have for myself, let me close with this. <laughs> and maybe this is selfish to some. Maybe it's, that's all. My prayer is, Father God in heaven, fill me with wisdom, boldness, and discernment so that I may walk with thee to please thee. That is my number one prayer request every time I pray. WBD. And I think it's important because, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom anyway. So I, I just can't function without wisdom and then confronting the world with boldness. And I need to discern what's good and what's right for my life because the world is evil. The church lacks praying for those three things. So I want to thank you for this time, and I want us to pray right now. And I'll make the prayer short and very, I guess, to the point. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this time of sharing your word with our audience. And I pray that your word takes root in their hearts so that it may grow, so that the fruits of this message, they may partake of it on a day-to-day -day basis. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to another session with Sharing the Word. Join me again as we examine and open up the Bible on topics that affect the believer. <laughs>